Hi, it's Dave and Debbie here of the Dave and Dijanovic Show on KSL News Radio. We're on live on KSL News Radio Monday through Friday, starting at nine. And every day we start off with the launch, so the keyword is going to be launch. So text that keyword to five seven five zero zero, and you'll be entered to win a pair of AirPod Pros. Dave and Dijanovic. There's just a few hours left, a day and a half left up on Capitol Hill in the 45-day session of the legislature. Uh, And they approved, lawmakers did, it's heading to the governor's desk, the armed guards in Utah classrooms, Dave. We've been talking a lot about that. Yeah, called guardians, right? Mm -hmm. And, And if you hear us talking about the guardians, it's gone through a couple of different conversations and versions. The latest is what we want to dive into and figure out, okay, where where did we land on this? Because I know there was some discussion whether or not this is arming teachers and principals or if this is just everyone but teachers and principals. Representative Ryan Wilcox, uh, live on the line with us. Wow, you're a heavy hitter up there on Capitol Hill because you joined me yesterday and I appreciated that, Representative, about the ballpark uh, funding. And now this is uh, your plan as well to get guardians in schools and it's heading to the governor's desk? Yeah, that's correct. And this one is, uh, I mean, that's the topic, this piece of it, but that's maybe one twentieth of this bill. So this is a school security complete overhaul for us. Okay, let's go into the other 1920ths. <laughs> at, at least some highlights. Yeah, give us the highlights. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been even talking about this, uh, this study this morning. I'm happy to address those things. Of course, we've looked sure. at, at all of those. But um, there's a number of pieces with that. One of the struggles with that particular study that you've been talking about is the lack of data. And so that's always problematic when you're talking about a study when you admit out front that you don't really have enough data to understand how these things happened or let alone the response. And so that's been a a struggle that it's mostly not collected. Representative, one of the more important requirements, one of the more important requirements of our bill is that we will actually begin to collect school safety data, require that it be reported and then be able to make informed decisions in the future. Well, let me just, for our listeners who are just joining us who didn't hear the 9 o'clock hour in the study you're referencing, and thank you so much for doing that and addressing that right up uh, off the top. But for those of us who uh, weren't listening, uh, the Office of Justice uh, programs reviewed 133 different school shootings um, and uh, from like 1980 to 2019. And the result of that study said... The data suggests no association between having an armed officer and deterrence of violence, and that, in fact, the rates of deaths uh, were almost three times greater in schools with an armed guard present. Um, And for those who missed that and want more information, they can go back and listen to the entire podcast episode uh, of our show on that. But I th- thank you so much for addressing it. And you're absolutely right. Uh, it, this is the case with a lot of these types of studies. The data's, right. data might not be, wasn't being collected at that time the way we're going to collect it now because we didn't have the same problems uh, that we have yeah. now. So thanks for pointing yeah. that out. And, yeah, and thank you for recognizing that too. We are in a dramatically different scenario than anything remotely related to 1980 right, that we're dealing right. with absolutely. right now. The, and you know, we were talking everything from the firearms themselves, which is, you know, one of the, in fact, I thought that study was fascinating in that it 
listed specifically that, um, it, you know, put it on armed guards, but then said, except for the real number one factor was associated with increased casualties uh, based on the perpetrator's use of assault rifles or submachine guns. Right. Right. So the yes, except for this other factor was dramatically more important in that. And, you know, we, we just haven't had anything. Uh, and that's been one of the struggles with this topic. We haven't had anything comprehensive both from a data standpoint and a, a process standpoint, meaning what do we have in place for deterrence? Another limitation on some of the studies like that is that what we're really after right now, and I hope that the message goes out, that if you target a Utah school in any way, you're going to be met with resistance. Um, because, and the study correctly identified um, issues with folks that freeze, and law enforcement officers. I mean, you were the, the PIO for the FBI here locally right. for a while. Right. You know even trained agents like the FBI right. don't always get it right. Yeah. Sometimes they, you know, the human factor happens, but that's also why we don't send people in alone into dangerous situations. Anytime we can, we, we follow that buddy system, <laughs> to, to, for lack of a better word, but we have to have redundant processes. The Parkland uh, site that you know, me and, and, and myself and General Burton went down to, to walk through Building 1200, that was one of the greatest failures of armed security that we've ever seen. That school resource officer stood outside for 41 minutes before he went, and the thing was over in three minutes and 51 seconds, with 17 people murdered and another 17 shot because he froze. He didn't do it. He didn't have the courage to go in and do what he had to do to end the threat. And there were others that did. So you had Chris Hickson. You had the AD and the assistant AD and the football coach that went in without anything to defend themselves or to save those kids. So they lost their lives because they weren't protected, because we didn't allow something there. That school now has three full-time school resource officers and six guardians. Because In Florida. that redundancy is so important. Yes, at Parkland. So that, that's where I, when I was reading this, it just felt so counterintuitive because my, my wife is a, a paraprofessional in an elementary school, and I thought, if heaven mm -hmm. forbid something were to happen at that school, would I feel better if she were armed? Uh, would I feel mm -hmm. safer if other people around her were armed? Or would I just want them all to huddle in a classroom and try to barricade a door? So when I saw this study yeah. come out and say there, it doesn't necessarily guarantee if there is an armed guard yeah. at the school that it will be any safer. And in some cases, it, it will be more dangerous that's that's where at least the common sense part of me struggled with that that study. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's exactly right. I mean, there's other things in the study too. It goes into suicide, and and frankly, unfortunately, a lot of these are are youth, troubled youth, yeah, right? That sure. are looking for an opportunity to go out in a place of glory. They think somehow um, by murdering their classmates, and that's that will in itself lead to different factors, but that also speaks to one of the more important parts of the bill when we talk about mental health and the work that we've done on the back end with SafeUT and others that are, that are part of this project. When we, when we finally get to the place where we are correctly identifying what those are, so the, the bill includes something we call early warning system support, right? And that is being able to identify properly. The shooter in Parkland, for example, had over 200 interactions with the adults in his life. 43 with law enforcement, 17 of which would have prevented the kid from ever owning a gun again, from ever even having the opportunity to purchase, 
a, a firearm. But we failed there, one, because we didn't collect the data. The data that we did collect, they lied about, right? And they, they falsified along the way. And that led to a, a really passing the buck around with this kit. In our bill, we require reintegration plans that will uh, use a multidisciplinary team so that when there is a threat, they do not, they are not allowed to ignore it going forward. They will identify it, they'll sit down with the parents, with the professionals, and then they'll have a plan. If there isn't a plan, if a kid, because of House Bill 14, that's already gone through, because of that, when a, a child or anyone really makes a significant threat now, when it makes a threat to kill their classmates or someone else targets a school, that will now be a second degree felony that will require suspension or expulsion and a reintegration plan that follows that in order to come back, right? So this is, this is not a, any kind of a scenario that we've seen in the past. This is something that we are dealing with actively right now, including with our federal partners. With, we've had 60 lockdowns across the state of Utah since August 15th, three of which were plant attacks. Wow. There's so many angles to this, Representative, and we know your time is really short. You're super busy in these final hours. So our producer will be reaching out to your team up there on Capitol Hill uh, because we need to talk much more about this in the weeks ahead, and we'd love to have you and invite you back on the show. Uh, Thanks so much for being willing to be available to us. This is a huge piece of legislation uh, that will impact a lot of Utah families. That really helped me, Deb. Mm-hmm. It, it, it helped bring some uh, a different point of view because as we were reading that study this morning, uh, there were a lot of holes in it that, that I was looking uh, to be filled. And, and I think he did a, a very good job. Representative Ryan Wilcox, thank you for joining us. Straight ahead, it's the story that Dave has been just so excited to talk about because the president has once again forgiven another $1.2 billion in loans for nearly uh, 1,000 Utahns will benefit from this. We're canceling student debt for borrowers who are enrolled in the SAFE plan and have been paying student loans for as little as 10 years. But the real question is, am I a dope? For even considering paying back my wife's student loans? Or should I just sit and wait for the Biden lottery to hit the Noriega family?